FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, this is Faux Monday, the companion show to FOMO Sapiens, and we'll be starting season eight this Thursday with Jason Fiverr, executive in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. But until then, we have other things to talk about. But before I go there, Happy Monday. Happy Faux Monday. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, this season, Entrepreneurial Renegades, Entrepreneurial Renegade Ship, I think about that within a particular context, because unless you've been living under a rock or on a very enjoyable vacation on the mat or something like that, You might have noticed that the world is a little tricky, that there is a recession potentially coming down the line, depending on who you talk to. It's like hard to know at this point who the heck believes we're going to have a recession or not. But essentially, it looks like we are going to have a recession. And I heard some crazy stories about like in Europe, it feels like the last days of, you know, the 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 Romans or something. Everybody just was partying and partying the summer because they expect Pretty soon, things are going to get a little ugly. So people were just living their best lives this summer. And I don't know. I didn't see that because I was working, but it sounds pretty nice. Regardless, I just see it. Having talked to entrepreneurs, having looked at some of the companies I'm an investor in, like raising capital is really hard right now. And, you know, it's going to affect everything, whether it's entrepreneurial ventures, you're going to see harder fundraising, harder to make sales, whether it's existing careers in the corporate world, there are cuts, right? We just hear the stories. There was a really f- kind of funny story, not funny because people lost their jobs, but like the story in LinkedIn about how sweet green is wilting because they cut 5% of their workforce. And I'm thinking that's terrible, but you know, we're going to see way worse if we really have a recession. And I guess my frame of reference is that I seem to just be the guy who always is in the middle of the recession. I was investing in tech in the 2000, 2001 recession. I worked at AIG, which was super affected in 2008 recession. So I have seen recessions up close and I know what they look like. I mean, those are even worse. That's like a crash, but you know, you never quite know if the recession turns into a crash. Like we like to think a recession is just like a dip, but you know, some people are going to feel it really, really badly. And so that's why I'm just hypersensitive to recessions. And so what I want to do today on Faux Mondays is talk about how you can prepare yourself and your business for a recession. All right. So let's get right into that. Now, the number one thing this is where I want to start with, is cash is king, all right? Cash, especially if you're a startup, it really will determine whether you're around for when things sort of resume growth. And I saw this so clearly early, early in my career. This is where I kind of learned the lesson. So in the year 2000, my firm had invested in a company in Latin America that did online auctions. And right before the bottom fell out of the market. We closed a Series B financing that was, you know, sort of in the $20 million range with my firm, which was Chase Capital, 
Partners, JP Morgan Partners later on, and with Goldman Sachs and some other folks, I think eBay invested, and they had the money. And then the market just completely fell apart. And so many companies just couldn't raise money and went bankrupt. And I remember just like restructuring all these companies and thinking, well, if we just cut and cut and cut and cut, maybe these companies will make it through, but they didn't. It was nasty. And times are different now because a lot of these early stage kind of tech companies back then didn't even have real business models. But still, this company raised the money and they were able to survive and wait it out. And nowadays, what's so crazy, I mean, they had no revenues too. I mean, they probably were doing like, I don't know, if they were lucky, less than a million. And now this company does $7 billion in revenues. It has a, a basically a market cap of over $50 billion. It's called Mercado Libre. Their stock ticker is Melly. I wish I had bought some stock back then. Boy, oof, I, I think about that, talk about FOMO. But they had cash, and cash got them through. They made a lot of tough decisions. For example, they had a huge presence in Miami. They shut that down and went back to Argentina. They retrenched, they focused, they cut costs. But they had the flexibility to do it because they had the cash. And so, so many companies right now that survive are the ones that have either raised cash recently or they just quickly move to conserve cash because they say to themselves, listen, I don't know how long we have, but we need to have cash in the bank in order to survive and change and pivot and do all the things we need to do just in case it takes a while for the market to come back. So cash is king, cash is king, cannot say that enough times. All right, let's take a break. I'll be back with some more. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, and we're back. If you forgot, cash is king. <laughs> Obnoxious, I know. Sorry. Numero dos, in honor of Mercado Libre. Cut, 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 cut. I wrote it four times in my notes. You got to cut. Cut all the fat. I will tell you a story. I was with a founder the other week, a founder who has been on this very show and not too long ago. And this founder told me that they cut 20% of their workforce because they needed to make sure that they could survive, that they had the cash and the flexibility to do so. And what's crazy is cutting, I mean, I'm not in favor, obviously, people losing their jobs. It's not good, right? So let's just all acknowledge that. But so many times businesses can make adjustments in, in their size of their team and see almost no impact, almost no impact. They can also make other cuts. I had a, another friend who was telling me they were paying some ungodly sum, like over $30,000 a month for, for PR, and they were getting nothing out of it. So they cut that back and basically are doing it themselves for now. Now, I'm not saying that PR firms are bad, but what I'm saying is for them, that investment, the ROI on that investment was not paying 
dividends. So they said, you know, we're going to cut back. We'll come up with a new strategy. And I think that's really smart. I heard another really interesting story about a company that couldn't afford its lease. They just got out of it. You know, you can negotiate anything. Again, the earlier that you do it, the more cash you have and flexibility, the better you can come to a really sensible resolution. If you can't afford your lease, better to renegotiate that than to end up going bankrupt and then basically leaving your landlord with a big bill that you're not going to pay. So it is important to just figure out where you can cut and then have sensible expenditures and figure out how to, the old term that they used to use is right size your business. Now it's super important. That being said, I can tell you this, you can't cut your way into having a thriving, growing company. If you have no revenues and no sign of revenues coming, cutting and cutting and cutting, it's not going to generate revenue. So you still need to figure out how to get the revenues on the books and that is so important. Number three, drive for profitability. This has to do with the cut and the revenues. As I said, nowadays, it's, it's very interesting. Like just read an article. You had all these VC firms. I'm talking to you, SoftBank, writing these massive checks, telling companies just like expand, go crazy. It doesn't matter. Like just spend money on everything. Subsidize your customers. It doesn't matter. And now they're saying you have to be profitable. So it's sort of like, well, you know what? Folks, like you should have pushed for this a long time ago. It's a little, I don't know, it's a little bit ridiculous to sort of change your tune overnight, but that's just the way it is because the tap of cash, it's no longer flowing. And so they see the reality, obviously. Like it would have been nice had they been much more rigorous all this time, but they they were not. But you gotta work to get to profitability. And that is for any business, whether it's a startup or a more developed business. Just cash is not easy to come by. It's not cheap. They're raising interest rates. It just all is harder. So working to be profitable, to prove out your business, to make sure you're charging the right amount and then make sure that you have the right number of people, as I said, cut, 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 cut. Really, really important. Number four, get yourself a good controller. The controller is the unsung hero of any business. Like nobody says like, you know what the sexiest role in our company is? The controller. If I can tell you something, when you don't go bankrupt, that's pretty sexy. And controllers are the people who make sure that you spend cash sensibly. The controller is the person who says like, hey, by the way, that employee over there is charging all of their personal expenses to their credit card. They're gonna put us in the poorhouse. Let's figure that out right now. They're the ones who put expense policies in. They're the ones who pay the bills. And so a good controller will say, hey, you know what? We can pay this bill a little later. I'm not saying don't pay your bills, but like everything needs to be managed carefully. And a good controller just watches the cash. And again, totally unsung hero of any business, the controller. I just think about that. Like when I look for hiring, a CFO is nice to have, obviously. If you can get a CFO in the door and afford that, like wonderful. But I would take the controller first. I got to tell you, just take the controller first and then just tell them you love them every day. Okay, let's uh, take another break and we'll come back and finish up. FOMO. FOMO. We just were talking about the controllers. Love you. If you're a controller and you're listening, we love you. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Number five, walk the halls. And this is so important, especially in the day of the remote office. People hide sometimes, maybe not doing their work, maybe feeling nervous, maybe there are problems with a client. Like in a time when when things are not as easy as they were before, you want to be 
way ahead. You want to be just with your ear to the ground. So walk the halls. Now, obviously, if people are virtual, you can't walk the halls of their house. That would be a little creepy. But talk to people. Be talking to the frontline people in your business, whether they're customer service or marketing or or anything else, product managers. Just get a sense of what they're seeing because they understand the business in a way that you don't as a leader, right? You're kind of, sometimes you're up in the rarefied air as you're dealing with a bunch of stuff, you're meeting with people all day, but you're not necessarily interfacing with suppliers and clients. And so you want to get that intel, maybe even talk to those people yourself, but make sure you are talking to all the great people in your business who are running things on a day-to-day basis and understand what they are seeing, what they're hearing, and you know, just get that in your head and be able to react to it. Number six, keep your eyes open for opportunities to consolidate. If your company's doing well and your competitor is not, there are chances to maybe merge with that company, buy that company, hire people away. I'll tell you, I've seen this in the past, especially 2008, 2001, when the market really tanked, the strong players consolidated the weak. That being said, be very careful. When you buy something in distress, you may find some very nasty surprises. And so and now I'm gonna get like very technical, but not don't do a stock deal, do an asset deal, right? You don't wanna buy all of the nasty things you wanna buy, just the nice things the assets. And so there's a million ways to think about that. Get your lawyer to think about that for you. But it can be in a wonderful way to grow and profit and build during a time that's really difficult. Finally, cash is king. I know I said it before, but (laughs) I'll say it again. Seriously. And this is on a personal perspective as well. Like Everything I've said here also goes for you. Thinking about how do you protect yourself Maybe cut back a little bit. Maybe don't go on that vacation. Maybe take on that side hustle. Keep your eyes open. If there's some opportunity you've been waiting to do, this might be the moment. So also, as you look at this recession, you know it's important to think about how you personally manage your career and your health and well-being because recessions are stressful and people make hard decisions and it's not fun. And so that is really important. All right, everybody. That's my thought about how to deal with a recession. As a reminder, cash is king. Cut, 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 cut. Drive to profitability. Find that controller and tell him you love him. Walk the halls of your company. Look for consolidation opportunities. And because I don't say it enough, lucky number seven, cash is king. All right. If you have ideas, thoughts, or you disagree, reach out. You can find me at letsconnect@patrickmcginnis.com. You can find me on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. And of course, on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis. We'll be back on Thursday with Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. But until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.